0: Well, I hope that's your prayer for our country. Uh, this is the day before we celebrate on the, on the 4th of uh, July, uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about citizenship uh, and how, how that works and what the Bible has to say a little bit about that. But I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, so I just kind of want to start with a couple of questions. One, how are you going to celebrate your country tomorrow? Anybody want to volunteer? Food. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's always a winner. Family. That's also a winner. What? Fireworks, yeah, be careful with those. (laughs) What else? Friends, Friends. yep, have friends over. Yeah, cool. Yeah, all kinds of ways. What? A unity fire? Fire. Community fire, like contained community fire. We're not setting the community on fire. (laughs) Okay, Just making sure. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you, Pearl. She didn't deserve that back there. Uh, so there, there's all kinds of ways. Fireworks, uh, family, barbecues, uh, all of that sort of thing. Professional fireworks. Uh, even going to bed early and putting in earplugs. Anyone going to do that? That's kind of my approach. I'm just not a stay up late sort of person. And uh, my, my little neighborhood was doing it last night at like 2 o'clock in the morning. It was like, oh, man. So, um, so an- another question for you then. Um, when did your family come to the U.S.? Because we're going to talk about citizenship and all of that. Uh, so just, if you, if you know, I know a lot of people don't know, I just, I want to see if any of you can beat me, and to, and to set the challenge, the eight o'clock service, two families beat me, so, when, anyone know? 1890, 1890 what? 1703? 1691? 1691? Others? Yeah, you're all going, wow, with those numbers, I don't want to try. <laughs> yeah, my family on my mother's side was 1663, so I think I won this service finally. Um, so uh, I, my family's been in the, in the United States a long, long, long time. I, I need to tell you, I'm proud to be an American, and I'm proud to have a long uh, history in it, uh, I, and I love my country. I don't think it's perfect, and if you do, you're delusional. There is no such thing as a perfect country, amen? Okay, but, but I, I, I love it. So um, one more question, just kind of, it's not up there, but I just thought I'd maybe ask it. Um, How many of you have dual citizenship? I know in our church we have some people that are like USA and Canada or or something. How many of you have dual citizenship? Lift your hand. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think actually my wife and my children are probably eligible for dual citizenship with Switzerland. She's half Swiss, so they're a quarter Swiss. Dual citizenship is very cool, and the truth of the matter is all of you have dual citizenship. Trick question, (laughs) ha-ha, you know. Because you were all citizens of the United States and you were all citizens of heaven. Amen? Right? So now, how many of you have dual citizenship? Oh, that, that's much better. Good. That's, that's the way it, it should look. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Uh, we're going to kind of look at this idea of, of citizenship as Paul understood it. And I, I kind of need to set this up for you, uh, because there's a lot going on in this particular passage where you need to kind of understand the culture a little bit. So Philippi was the first church that Paul ever, ever planted, right? So there's, there's a deep connection with him. Uh, you know, it's the one where he probably made some mistakes, and he learned, and they suffered together, and all of that. And so Paul has a deep, deep love for the church uh, at Philippi uh, and, and cares for them a great deal. But he was treated horribly while he was there uh, planting the church. Uh, you will remember that he got in trouble and got thrown in jail. Him uh, and, and Silas, Paul and Silas got thrown in jail, uh, and they're down there kind of singing and doing their thing, you know, hymns. And all of a sudden there's a giant earthquake, and all of the doors to all of the jails pop open, right? And so the jailer comes down, and he's ready to fall on his sword because he's responsible for all of those, and he thinks they've all left. He thought, you know, I mean, if you've opened the door of any jail, I imagine most people are moving on out. Um, and, and, and Paul says, no, 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 stop. Don't do that. We are all here. None of us have left. And they had a revival right there, okay? And the jailer and his family all became followers of Jesus and, and, and were baptized. Um, and, and so it was, a, it was a tough sort of thing for him. But Paul had kinda, um, kind of uh, played a trick on, isn't exactly right, but he'd kind of set up the uh, religious leaders, the magistrate of, of Philippi, because they had beaten him before they threw him into jail. And the problem was, Paul was a Roman citizen, and that was against the law. And they could get in big trouble for doing that. And so when they get in there the next morning when they come to, to get Paul out of there, he's like, oh, by the way, you have a real problem. I'm not just going away. You whipped a Roman citizen. And they were like, you know. And so there was a kind of a big deal. So citizenship has become an issue at, at, at Philippi. Um, and and Different kinds of citizenships had different value. Uh, they, were, they were citizens. Many of them in Philippi were citizens of Philippi, the, the city. Back then, it tended to be a city rather than a country, right? And then there were a lot of them that were citizens of, of Rome a, as well, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. But this idea of, of different citizenships having different value is, is true today, right? I mean, I, I, how many of you have a, a U.S. passport, right? That's a a valuable thing because it'll get you in and out of places that other things won't. It can get you in trouble in some places as well. But but there's something about that. A a U.S. passport is worth a lot of money on the black market because uh, of its power. And in the ancient world, a Roman citizen was a big deal. You had unique protections, you had unique access, you had privileges that were a, a, a part of this, okay? And so that citizenship mattered a lot. Now, what's going on before we get to the verse itself is just before this, Paul has been talking about uh, people who are living immoral lives. Christ has come to them. He said to them, you have freedom in Christ. Somebody say amen. That is good news. But they were using their freedom for for evil, to do... Uh, sinful things and hurtful things and all of that Uh, and so he's kind of been talking about that and now he's going to turn the corner and talk about the way that it that it should be so let's uh, look at uh, chapter uh, verse 20 for our citizenship is where in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform the body of our lowly condition into conformity with His glorious body by the exertion of the power that He has, even to subject all things to Himself? Now that is a mouthful. So let's let's wade into this uh, just just a, a little bit. Okay. So the first thing is our citizenship is in heaven. Okay. Which we sometimes call the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, all of those sorts of things. And I do want you to notice that that it's a kingdom; it's not a democracy. Okay, you you are have citizenship in a democracy in the United States. You get to vote. I hope you vote. I encourage you to vote. If I could twist your arm, I'd make you vote. Okay, but when you come uh, become a part of the the, the um, a citizen of heaven, this is not a democracy. It is a kingdom. And there is one king who is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Amen. And so you get a voice in things uh, in, in here, but when it comes to following Jesus, it's not a democracy. How many of you ever said to your kids, our family is not a democracy? Was I the only one? I used to say it's a benevolent dictatorship, kids, <laughs> You know, and I'm the dictator, <laughs> and so you better hope I'm benevolent. Well, the kingdom of God is, is a kingdom. So now I want to bump in a little bit here. For our citizenship, the, the word our here is important. Um, in the original language, it's set up in such a way to emphasize the our, so it's like our citizenship, and it, it means more than just the collective. It really carries the idea of ownership. You own something of great value. So if you go to a lot of c- countries, your, your U.S. passport would have great value because of what it could do. And that's what he's saying here. Your citizenship in heaven is great, of great value, and, and you own that. that. That's something that's with you. I, I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, man, I should like pass out the citizenship little passports to everybody just to remind you that you have this great, great value. Uh, and so it, it's a big deal. And then um, the citizenship itself in the first thing, in, in, in the first century, was really important, especially at Philippi. Okay? So I need to, to kind of give you a, a little bit of background here. Uh, like I said, Roman citizenship was very valuable. People would pay, if you were rich, you could buy Roman citizenship. You know, it's kind of actually like that today. If you want to get into the United States and you can bring a business in and a lot of money, you're much more likely to get in there if you're a poor person. But in, the, in Rome, that was just considered a, a, a part of it. There was another way to get Roman citizenship. You could be born into it, you know, if you were born of a Roman citizen, which Paul was. But there was another way, and that was if you were willing to serve in the military in the Roman army for 21 years and you survived it, and a whole ton of them did not survive it, then you were given full Roman citizenship, which was really a a big deal, and they could retire then. And so... Philippi was where a lot of these veterans would go when they retired, and they had this citizenship that they were very proud of, gave them privileges, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, And so Philippi was filled with these sort of folks that had Roman citizenship. They were citizens of Philippi, but they were also citizens of Rome. And so that's why Paul kind of jumps into this idea of of citizenship uh, for for them in this Roman, uh, Roman colony. Uh, and, and one of the things that's important that he's kind of making here that you don't catch if you don't quite get the culture thing, uh, and that is that, um, that the Romans, they, they, they behaved like Romans, okay? They dressed like Romans. They spoke Latin, which was the language of, of Rome. They, they operated under the morals. Their government system was all like, like Rome in, in, that, in Philippi because they wanted a, a Roman outpost, and, that, and that's what it was. But they also had this deep, deep connection Uh, to to rome which was far far off and and there's this idea for them that they even though rome was a long way away they never forgot that they were citizens of rome and they did things the roman way and so paul's kind of making this analogy heaven is a far off place you're not there yet right some of us are closer than others but but you're not there yet and the reminder to the, to the followers of Jesus Christ at Philippi was, but you still live by the values of the kingdom of heaven. Even though heaven's far off, even it's going to be a while for some of you, it, 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 you still follow those morals. You still uh, behave in the ways that, that a citizen of heaven would. Conduct yourself like a citizen of heaven is what's, what's, what he's saying in all of that. Does that make sense? The kind of idea. Okay, so uh, so here's another part of citizenship. Citizenship comes with both privileges and responsibilities. Amen. Yeah. It's just it's just a part. Of it. So, what are some of the privileges of U.S. citizenship? Freedom, Freedom absolutely. Voting. Voting, yep, we get a vote. What? Choice, absolutely. Talk loud. I'm getting closer to the heaven thing, and my hearing's going. <laughs> mm. So, religious liberty. Religious liberty. What else? Pardon? Entrance. Entrance, yeah. We have freedom of movement actually around the world in so many ways because our, our, uh, our passport will get us those places. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of uh, things that we, uh, we get out of this uh, in, in, in our earthly uh, citizenship. Um, and, and so what, what are some of the responsibilities then in, in U.S. citizenship? Paying taxes. Paying taxes. Yes, yes. <laughs> We all, we all hate that, but, but just to kind of push back just a little bit at all of that, I like having nice roads. I have been to third world countries where there was not a nice road. I like that if my house burns down, a professional fire department shows up. I like that when my house got broken into, professional police officers came and, and investigated that and eventually caught the guy. So, so absolutely, paying taxes is one of our responsibilities, but it, it makes for some of the blessings of our life. Amen. And you debate the, the level, but, but anyway. What else? What other responsibilities? Be responsible. Be responsible. Yeah, what? Voting. voting. Yeah, I think voting is both a privilege and a responsibility. Absolutely. Defending our Constitution. Defending our Constitution. What else? Obeying the laws. Obeying the laws. That's a big one. <laughs> Yeah, we we have all kinds of uh, responsibilities and privileges that that are uh, uh, a part of of our life. Uh, And so uh, the same thing happens with the kingdom of God. What are some of the privileges of the kingdom of God, of citizenship in heaven? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Grace. 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 Joy. Joy. Humility. What? Was another one in there? Love. 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 Absolutely. Inheritance. Inheritance. Peace. Peace. Peace, absolutely. Life everlasting. Life everlasting. He's going to talk about that one in just a minute here. That's a really good Joy, yep. Community, family, church, all of those kinds of things. Now, what are some of our responsibilities as followers of Christ and citizens of heaven? Take care of others. Take care of others. That is exactly right. Also forgiveness. forgiveness is also one of our responsibilities. That's exactly right. We love the being forgiven, the whole forgiving somebody else, just more difficult sometimes. What else? Witnessing. Witnessing. Yep, absolutely. that is a responsibility that is both a, a blessing and a responsibility. And, and generosity, absolutely. Pardon? Humbleness. Humbleness yeah. Yeah, all, all of those sorts of things. The, the kingdom of God of heaven is no different than, than an earthly kingdom. There's a set of responsibilities uh, that, that, that are a part of that. And I'm just going to give you my little pet peeve here. And this applies to both the kingdom of heaven and the kingdoms of this earth. I think we live in a time when people are much more engaged and much more serious uh, about, uh, about their uh, privileges than their responsibilities. In my opinion, those two go together. Amen? Two sides of the same coin, and as followers of Christ, we should uh, be a part of that. So um, we talk about this, the kingdom of heaven, and all of these things that we get. You've mentioned love, grace, life, mercy, uh, all of that sort of thing. And then, here's the really cool part, and you kind of touched on that. The retirement package for us who are in our time of service, getting ready to eventually retire. The retirement package is great. We get to move to heaven. And you'll notice in that, not only do we get to move to heaven, but he says we get new bodies. (laughs) Woo-hoo! Yes. The older I get, the more it seems like that's the really good one, right? You know, it's like, and mine's going to be taller and skinnier, all right? Better looking. I put in my order and say, Lord, this is what I want. It looks like it. And so, um, so he, he's saying to them that there's this great reward that comes at the end. Just like the Roman soldiers that served for 21 years. We do our time here on earth and we, we serve the kingdom and we do what he wants us to do and we live in the way he wants us to live. And then we get this great reward at heaven where we get the eternal life with him and with one another and we get the new bodies. We are going to have so much fun in heaven. And some of you introverts, I'm going to be knocking on your door, going, "Come on out! You can't hide in that mansion there, you know." So, just just be prepared for that. Um, and, And so, we are a part of that. That's that's kind of the analogy he's making here with his citizenship. So, here's some things to know about citizenship in the kingdom. You will be a citizen of heaven way longer than a citizen of the United States. Like way longer. I mean, if you live to 100, you get 100 years of being a citizen of the United States. Man, first 10,000 years in heaven, no one's even going to remember where our citizenship was on earth, amen? Nor are we going to particularly care about all of this. The earthly citizenship is is temporary and short, and I'm not against any of that. I'm just telling you, the heavenly citizenship, that is the real deal in in all of this. I mean, think about it. What are you going to do in the first 10,000 years of heaven? You got your plan written out? Anybody got a plan for the first 10,000? No, nobody. I mean, I've thought about some of the things I'm going to do, but I think about these things. I want to go find someone from ancient Egypt because I would like to know how they built those pyramids. Because it's like, how do you get those big stones? You know, I... I, I think that would be fun. I mean, I'm, I've got a game plan for the first 10,000 years. After that, I'll wing it, you know. But for the first 10,000, we'll do stuff like that. You know, I, I, I want to go talk to Moses, man. I want to I see him do the water thing, you know. Would you do that for us? You know, can we see that sort of thing? I, I'd like to talk to Abraham Lincoln. Man, what a leader, you know. What a, what a, what a leader. I, I, I don't know. But I'm telling you that you're going to be a citizen of the kingdom of God much, 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 much longer then we are citizens of this world. We rejoice and we're thankful. Imagine how thankful you are for our citizenship here, how we're going to celebrate in, in, tomorrow all of this, and yet so much better than that is a citizen of the kingdom. We should have a day where we just shoot off fireworks because we're citizens of the kingdom. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, it's illegal in Marysville, so then I'd go to jail, so maybe not, you know. Okay? Listen to this. Heavenly citizenship includes every nation, tribe, and people. Amen. Heaven is going to be this wildly diverse people. There are going to be people from all over the world that are going to be there and be a part of it. And, and we're going to have neighbors from every, every place you can possibly imagine. Look, look at what it says in Revelation. Here's a description of the end, okay? After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, okay? That's huge. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white, with palm branches in their hands. It's going to be Palm Sunday on that day when we get together there. Imagine you, you don't you don't think God's going to like house all the Americans and English speakers in one place, do you? I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. I think, you know, you're going to have somebody on this side of your mansion that's like from Germany and somebody on this side of your mansion that's from Russia. You know, Russians are proud of their country too, right? You know? Like us, I think they're a little frustrated with their leadership. But, but you know, they're going to be followers of Christ in Russia. I know they are. We have a big work in the Church of the Nazarene there. There's going to be somebody back over here that's from, like, one of those really wild countries like Canada, you know. And so <laughs> you have some of those back there. And, you know, maybe over here is a guy from Zimbabwe. How many of you know where Zimbabwe is? It's an, in it's an Africa. Hey, we got one. We have some missionaries there. My, my brother-in-law grew up in the bush of Zimbabwe. Uh, so, but there are going to be people from all over the world that, that come and be a part of it. And we are just going to holy party. Say, holy party. Holy party. Yeah. And, and our brothers and sisters of Christ of all kinds of different places. So what a great deal our citizenship is. So look at Ephesians. We get a little more of this picture. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are no longer strangers. Some of you are strange, but you're no longer strangers, okay? And foreigners. And so within the kingdom of God, there's this welcoming of all who would come. Everybody that speaks a different language, everybody that looks different, has a different culture, and was raised in a different government, and and all of those, so that we all get invited, and we all belong. That's what no longer strangers mean. You belong. (laughs) Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, you belong. Yes, you belong, and and, and foreigners, people that look very different from us. I think half the fun of the first 10,000 years is just getting to know the customs of all the people around the world, you know, all the different ways they do things, but you are fellow citizens, that means connected to one another, with the saints, with everyone who's gone before. You know, there's, um, we don't ever talk about this, but if you get way too far into theology like I did, um, there's a thing called the, the church triumphant and the church militant, and the church militant is us. We're still in here. We're still doing the work. We're serving our, our time, our 21 years towards uh, our, our the, getting our citizenship. But the church triumphant is all of the saints that have gone before us, right? All of those that you're a, you're a part of that, that you're a part of what God is doing in the big picture, and members of the household of God. I love he brings together the image of, of citizenship and family because we are family. Amen? And that's what heaven is going to be like. It's not going to be like, well, you're different from me. I don't know about you. It's going to be like, you're family. You know, I am betting, now I don't know for sure, but I am betting that the Lord is going to make me a hugger when I get to heaven, right? Because there's just going to be so many people to get to know that you're just going to have to kind of be, be a part of that. So... Next, next, verse 20, back in, back to our original verse. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await a Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our lowly condition, okay, old and broken down now. Anyone want to say amen right there? Um, With his glorious body by the exertion of power that he is uh, to subject all things to himself. He has the power to do it. But I want to come back to this word Savior because you have to understand again kind of some history and culture to get what he's talking about. Um, Paul only uses the word savior twice. In all of his writings, he only uses it twice, here and then again in Ephesians. Uh, And it's important because in a Roman colony, they understood something that you probably don't understand, and that is this. Roman emperors carried the title of savior, right? So they would look to the Roman emperor, especially Roman citizens, to be their savior when they got in trouble. And so when Paul says, we eagerly await for a savior, and then he names it the Lord Jesus Christ, he's kind of up in their face about this little issue of the relationship between, you know, the Roman government and and the church of Jesus Christ. He's already said, your citizenship that you think is so important the Roman citizenship isn't nearly as important as your citizenship in heaven. And now he's saying to them, "The, the emperor, he is not your savior. There is only one savior, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. One day will come, and every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, yes. So here's what I think that he's kind of getting at in all of this. We should love our country, but never forget that only God is going to save us. Amen. Only God is going to save us. I, I love my country. My family's been here for hundreds uh, of years, but there is only one Savior, and he came and he died on a cross for us, and he wasn't even an American. He was a Jew. Republicans aren't going to save you. Democrats aren't going to save you. Libertarians aren't going to save you. Green Party isn't going to save you. Socialists aren't going to save you. And I've just exhausted all my understanding of parties right there. Only Jesus Christ is the hope of our nation and our people and our lives. He is our only hope. Amen? And we dare not get this confused. It's why I'm not political, because I don't want to send a mixed message. Politics gets me involved in all this other stuff. And what I have to talk about, the kingdom of heaven, is way more important than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don't applaud me, but applaud that that's way more important than, than any of this other stuff. So let me kind of bring it back in now. We should love our country, but live like citizens of heaven. Amen? We do this crazy stuff. The rules of our citizenship is we bless those that curse us. We, we, we love our enemies and do good to them. We, we bear the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Those are the, the rules of, of the kingdom. We're a part of that. And there, there are lots of things in, in, that are legal in our citizenship in America that are out of bounds for us. Amen? We live in a world where it seems to be okay to lie. That is not okay for us. If you're a citizen of the heaven, that is, that's, that's out of bounds. We live in a world where it's okay to, to gossip or treat each other bad or not forgive people. That, that's out of bounds for us because we are citizens of heaven and the rules of heaven apply. So, patriotism is good. Amen? Oh, against patriotism, okay. But like all good things, it can become an idol. And this is where we have to be just a little bit careful with all of this. We can get so wound up in the political thing that, that, that thinking the world is falling apart and thinking that, that somehow we've got to do something right now that we forget that we're supposed to trust God, amen? I don't know if you know this, but God has been around long enough to watch all kinds of governments come and go and come and go. And guess what? Jesus is still Lord, Over all of that, he's always in charge uh, of that. There's all kinds of that kind of stuff, and it just gets us us going uh, in our lives. So here's what an idol is. An idol is anything that takes takes precedent over God, and this is super important. Remember the Ten Commandments, the very first law, the proto-theology? Let me give you the first three, and in Hebrew writing, what comes first is most important. First one is, you shall not have other gods before me. No idols, right? Nothing comes to precedent sort of thing. You shall not make idols. Make it as plain as you can get. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Taking the name of the Lord your God in vain is when you attribute man's stuff to God. That's idolatry again. The first three are all about this. And by the way, both parties do this. I'm not throwing at either one, in any one of this. So, so here's some warning signs. When you, when, uh, when you follow the teachings of your political party ahead of the teaching of the Bible, I, I hope you're bought into your political party, but when those come in conflict with the Bible, that's a problem. When your political party defines truth rather than God, and when your political party uses God for its own purposes, that's taking the name of the Lord in vain. If it's in the Bible, we dare not give it a pejorative label. So, I believe this. Every country, including ours, is accountable to the God of the universe. Amen? Amen? Every one of them. Never forget that. And so here's what he told us to do. And this is, this, this is so needs to be a part of the 4th of July. He told us to pray for our country. There's no greater thing you can do than pray for your country. So let's look at this prayer from uh, 2 Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from the wicked. This, this is that list. My people who are called by naming humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then, then I will hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. I will hear, somebody say amen. I will hear from heaven. Amen. Say, I will, from heaven. I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Woo-hoo! That's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, so if the band could come, we're going to sing, and we're going to take communion in just a minute. But here's what, I, here's what I want you to do. The 4th of July, celebrate our country and thank our God. Celebrate our country, thank our God. Pray that prayer from Second Chronicles that God would do a powerful thing in the life of our country. I love our country. Amen? We are blessed to be here but we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and that's eternal, and it will last forever, and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to come to the Lord's table this morning with communion as we come to the end here. Um, We have been offering... uh, the, the little cups, and we're going to continue to offer the cups. We're going to ask you to come down. We are also making available intinction, which was our practice before. Intinction means that you, uh, you take the wafer and you dip it in the cup uh, and, and you eat it. Uh, so you can go both ways. We're going to have uh, intinction first, and then on the end of it, we will have the cups. So if you feel comfortable and you want to take uh, communion through intinction, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, but if you don't want, you can also take it uh, with, with the cups Uh, And so we're going to go back to the way we did it with Intinction where I'm going to kind of walk you through the whole process and then we'll come down. So if you take a cup, just go back to your seat and and take the cup. Does that make sense? Okay, so um, we just want to make the ways available to that we can. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for our nation. We, um, I, didn't do anything to deserve this, Father. I was just born into this place. And probably most of us are the same. And so we are thankful, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would keep our focus on heaven. Remind us that our salvation comes from you, Father. And yet pray for our country, Lord. Lord, (laughs) more than any time in my lifetime, Lord, we need you to move. We need revival in our land. And so we just pray that you would move in a powerful way. I pray, Father, now that you would be with with us as we worship at your table, Lord, you said that, that we would come together as your family, Father, and we come together to enjoy the blessing that you have given to us, Father, in the communion, in Eucharist. And so, Lord, we ask now that you would inhabit these elements and that you would speak to us, that you would heal those who are broken, Father, that you would encourage those who are discouraged, Father, that you would, that you would check those of us that need to be checked, Father, and that you would be glorified in this act of worship. We're reminded that on the night you were betrayed, you took the bread. And when you had given thanks, you broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you do this, remember. Remember the high price of your salvation. After supper, you took the cup, and when you had again given thanks, you gave it to them, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, which was shed for you. Whenever you do this, remember. Heaven is our home, and one day we'll be there for eternity. The body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ preserve us blameless unto everlasting life. Let us come and worship at his table. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I invite you to the table of the Lord if you could come down this aisle and then go back through that aisle. It would